Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. College football week zero is here. Week one, just one week away. So it's time to figure out what to do for our season win totals and just kind of general nuances about college football here. So we're popping on out to the KDOS hotline, Thomas Casali with the Action Network and co-host of the Ammer Hammer HQ. Thomas, it is Bob and Kayla. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Looking forward to the conversation here. So last college football season, we know it's going to have some major conference shakeups. They're coming. So this is the last college football season as we know it. Let's start here with the Big Ten. Ohio State has yet to name a starting quarterback. Michigan football has seen Jim Harbaugh self-impose a three-game suspension. Penn State has quarterback Drew Allar with the Nittany Lion team that has to get past Ohio State and Michigan this year are there a couple of things that stand out to you in the big 10 with win totals or conference winner numbers with how this conference is shaping up yeah i really like michigan this year uh, they opened up plus 210 which i thought was a bad line because this is the first time in many years i think they're better top to bottom than ohio state um you know last year i thought harbaugh was a little bit ahead of schedule with a young quarterback uh, I think McCarthy's going to be better this season. They get a couple of big-time offensive linemen transfers, so they're going to be able to run the ball. Defense is there. We know that. Our ball's three-game suspension isn't going to matter. They have one of the best schedules in the country. Uh, they should be easily undefeated by the time they go to Penn State. So the way I look at Michigan is they, I think they have a two-game schedule. Either the, it's going to be at Penn State and it's going to be Ohio State at home. I think Penn State's going to be very good this year. I like the way Michigan matches up with them. You know, it's an interesting year because a lot of these top teams like Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State are, are replacing not just good quarterbacks, but all-time good quarterbacks. So the, the window could be open a little bit for another team to sneak in there. We previewed Notre Dame uh, in the last hour. Season win total, it's eight and a half in a lot of places. A couple nines out there, I know. But let's go with eight and a half as far as the win total goes. Any interest in that? And also on Saturday, they're laying 20 and a half consensus number uh, against Navy and Ireland. Any interest in that game? Yeah, Notre Dame's interesting. Uh, I think the win total's right on the money. I, I see them being an eight or nine win team. I think their odds, as always, similar to the Dallas Cowboys, are overvalued to win anything, right? Because people are going to bet Notre Dame no matter what. So the odds makers take that into account when they're when they're making the making the odds. So overall, I think Notre Dame's overvalued. I think they're going to be a good football team. The Navy game's kind of interesting because Navy's going to be one of the most improved teams in the country this year. I think they had a really good defense last year. I think the defense is going to be good again. You know, they really eat that clock. I kind of like the under in that game. 21's a little bit too much for me. I lean maybe. Uh, and again, I think Notre Dame's going to be a good, solid football team this year. I don't think they're going to be a major, major contender to win it all, though. 
Thomas Casali, Action Network and co-host of the Hammer HQ. So you mentioned the under there, which got me just in general thinking about the new rule changes for college football this year with the running clock. And, you know, how is that going to change the number of possessions in a game? How is that going to impact, you know, certain offenses and what they want to do? And does that factor into anything when you're thinking about uh, totals for the game? And if you're also thinking about the spread or am I just really thinking way too much into uh, potential clock clock management there? No, you're not. The, one of the things I like to do, though, with a rule change is I, I don't like to guess. I want to see a couple weeks of data first, right? Like we, I want to see if this really does affect certain teams. Now, again, with a team like Navy, Navy is going to play slow, right, unless they fall behind 35 nothing in the first quarter. They're going to milk every every second of that clock anyway. They're going to run the football. Uh, they throw it a little bit more now, but not, not as much as most teams. So I think when you get a team like that, then you can maybe put that into play. But what I would suggest, whenever there's a new rule change like this, you got to remember something. Odds makers, those books make money for a reason. Okay, These guys are pretty smart. They've already thought about this themselves. So that's kind of baked in a little bit to these early totals, but we'll see how it goes early on. But, yes, I would look for more like teams like Navy, Air Force, Army, teams that are going to run that ball or just use clock anyway. That could be a bigger factor in those games. I've been betting on college football for for more than 40 years. I don't get too involved early in the season. I just like to watch teams play a game or two. Uh, before the season, you know, before uh, you know, once the season starts, before I got kind of get on the action here a little bit. Uh, so help me out here. How do you approach your early season betting? Well, I, I agree with you to an extent. I, I, there, there's certain teams, college basketball and college football. I think if you know the landscape beyond the top teams, you can find a little bit of value. For example, a team I'm very high on this year is Ohio. Uh, I thought they should have won the match last year. Their quarterback got hurt for the championship game. They got 17 starters back. They're plus 280 to win the match, which to me is crazy. And then they're an underdog week one against San Diego State. I think there's some early value on a team like Ohio. So things like that I'll look at. You know, the teams that have a lot of – the bigger teams that have a lot of changeover, right? I know it's different today because we have a transfer portal. But even that takes a couple of games to, to get rolling. Those are the teams I kind of stay away from. I, I want to get a look at them. But early in the season, one of the things I'll always, I always look at are this. I look at quarterback production. You have a quarterback that's coming back who's really good. And then I look at offense and defensive line. Not a lot of people look at this. But if you come in the season with a lot of returning production on the offense and defensive front and you can control the line of scrimmage early in the season, to me, that's a big advantage. Let's talk about offensive line here. That is a returning unit for Kansas State. However, you always have all the hype mentioned with Texas football and whether or not Texas is back, and so much is actually on them to win the Big 12. Uh, They're plus 100 right now. You have Oklahoma at plus 420, and then Kansas State at plus 500. So if you aren't buying into Texas being back here, uh, is potentially Kansas State with the experience of that O-line returning as well as the experience 
experience of quarterback Will Howard for his senior year. And then I also want to throw in Texas Tech at 11-1 to because they seem to make a big leap last year and everyone thinks that they're poised for big things as well again this year. Yeah, so I actually bet Kansas State last year at 15-1 to because of these same reasons. I thought they were extremely undervalued heading into, the, heading into last season. Um, they have a great coach. They're going to run the ball. We know that. This year, though, plus 500, you know, that's where they should be. So I, I don't know if you're getting much value with Kansas State. Uh, they're still going to struggle with athletic teams defensively. Uh, for me, the Big 12, last year I thought it was wide, wide open. That's why I took a shot at a 15-1 odds. This year it's kind of wide open, but it's, you know, Texas to me is the best team but you know, they just seem to lose a game or two they should win. Uh, that's, that's what I got to see Texas get over that hump. Um, I think Oklahoma is going to be much improved this year. You know, they had a lot of turnover last year, lost their coach, lost a bunch of players, but they had a good recruiting class. I think they're going to be in the mix. And, and I, you know, I, a lot of people do like Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech's going to be good. I think the number's about right. I'll just throw one team out there that I think people are sleeping on a little bit. The Kansas Jayhawks, if that defense can improve a little bit, they return their entire offense and their quarterback, Daniels, who got injured last year. They're going to score a ton of points. If their defense can just be okay, they're going to compete for that conference championship too, I think. Week zero, as you would expect, not a great-looking slate, and uh, but USC and Caleb Williams do play on Saturday. You just mentioned OU. Uh, Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley teams, whether it be at Oklahoma or uh, you know last year at USC, they they had kind of have a history of starting fast. So, any opinion on USC laying 30, 30 and a half at home against San Jose State? Well, I wouldn't bet against them. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, the week zero is kind of, you know it, it's tough. I, I appreciate there being football, so I can sit home and watch it. But there's not a lot of matchups here that, that really intrigue me. The, the best game is probably Ohio-San Diego State from a competitive standpoint. Um, I think USC rolls. Uh, it's just a matter of, again, you mentioned early in the season, like how, how, how fast do they get off? Because when you're, when you're laying these kinds of numbers, you know, you, can't, you, you have a poor first quarter. It's going to be hard to cover. But with their offensive talent returning, you know, San Jose State is, is a good team in their conference but they just don't have the horses. What I would look at is maybe a USC team total over. Uh, I think they're going to score a bunch of points. Uh, That's the way I would attack that one. Thomas Casali with the Action Network, co-host of the Hammer HQ right here on KDUS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. ACC football still sees Clemson favored to win the conference championship. The hype train, though, really rolling here for Florida State. Uh, even has Jordan Travis 12-1 to to win the Heisman right now. Drake May with UNC has big expectations thrust on him. They did lose their offensive coordinator, though, Phil Longo. So are you riding with the favorites, or is there another team that you have your eye on for this conference? So I have a long shot here that I took. Uh, it's based on one of the best schedules I've ever seen for a conference. I took Pitt at 25-1, to 1, and if you look at their schedule, the, they missed a lot of the good teams. They, they, they don't play Miami. They get North Carolina at home. They get Clemson at home. They, they don't play Florida, or they get Florida State at home. They don't play Clemson. Um, their schedule is just built to make a run at the ACC championship game. 
Um, so I thought the number was worth taking a shot on them. Now, if you look at the bigger boys, I will say this. I think Clemson is starting to come back to the pack a little bit. I don't see that NFL talent all over the place like we saw a couple of years ago. Um, that opens the door for a Florida State, I think, to win the conference. And a team to watch for, Miami, I would say, will be the most improved team in the country. Now, their schedule's murder. So I think they're probably a year away from winning the ACC. But on a game-to-game basis, especially early in the season, the Canes will be undervalued. They're going to be really good this year. Speaking of Florida State, again, next week's schedule is the Florida State-LSU rematch. This season it's in Orlando. Uh, LSU, last I saw, was a small road favorite in that game. Any opinion on that? Yeah, that's going to be that. That's going to be a great game. Um, you know, uh, listen, LSU's loaded, Florida State's loaded. The I lean lean LSU uh, to beat Florida State only because of that. They have that SEC defensive front. I think that can wear teams down. Uh, it's going to go down the fourth quarter. I, I think that's a really even matchup. But LSU is one of those teams in the SEC that's kind of sneaking around. You know, if Alabama slips a little bit with a new quarterback, LSU has a chance to win that conference. When it comes to the Pac-12, it's the last year as we know it. USC favored plus 200. They will be counting on three transfers on the offensive line, five transfers on defense to make a significant difference. Oregon plus 320 from a win total standpoint. Oregon State is uh, plus money to get eight and a half wins this year. How do you see this Pac-12 shaping up? I think the Pac-12 is going to be one of the more exciting conferences because I think you can make a strong argument for three, four, maybe even five teams to win that win that conference. Now, this is a, I think USC is very similar to the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think top-to-bottom talent-wise the Kansas City Chiefs are a top-three uh, roster in the NFL, but they have one player that makes them a top-three team in the NFL. I think USC is very similar. I, I think maybe Washington and Oregon have more talent overall, but one of those teams has Caleb Williams. And I think that that masks a lot of weaknesses for the Trojans. So they're going to be tough to beat. But, man, watch out for Washington. They were ahead of schedule last year. And talk about a team that has everyone coming back. If you want to place a bet that's not the favorite, I'd go with the Huskies. You know, college football realignment. You've got OU in Texas and USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon, Arizona State, Arizona all changing conferences at the end of this year. With all this change in the last year of these teams playing in their current conferences, does that alter or you know, do, you get, do you get any ideas about how to handicap some games? For example, Texas Tech, they played Texas in the last game of the regular season. They're already talking that game up because they want to beat Texas one last time. Yeah, I think for schools like maybe like a Texas Tech, like you mentioned, that's a big deal. I don't think, for the most part, the kids care. Um, These kids are football players. Line them up, tell them who they have to play, and they'll play them. But you get those places like Texas Tech that are kind of remote, that, you know, always feel like they're the little brother, and you have Texas coming in. You know, that those little, those circumstances, I think those will be good betting spots. But overall, like, you know, 
USC, UCLA leaving, these teams leaving. Uh, these kids are going to line up, play football. The next year they're going to line up and play football. I don't think overall it's going to make a huge impact. Thomas Casale with the Action Network, co-host of the Hammer HQ right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. In the AAC Conference, you have Tulane football. Uh, They pulled off that upset in the Cotton Bowl. That's what everyone remembers over USC. But can they run it back here with Michael Pratt at the quarterback position? Plus 210 to win the conference in a win-loss total of 9.5. However, they're welcoming in UTSA, new to the AAC Conference this year. So what do you think about uh, everything shaping up in this conference? Yeah, UTSA was my is my favorite bet of the of, of the off season here. Uh, them being plus four fifty when I bet them was insanity. They have virtually their entire team back. They have who I think is the best quarterback in the conference, and Frank Harris. And the team's absolutely loaded. So you look at them and Tulane are the favorites in my opinion. Uh, UTSA misses Memphis. They missed SMU. They played Tulane last game of the season. I just thought the odds on them were crazy. They should have been either the favorite or the second favorite. So plus 450 on uh, on the Roadrunners was, was great value, and they're going to be in that race the whole way. Uh, so it's going to be a competitive conference, but I think it comes down to that last game, Tulane and Texas-San Antonio. When it comes to any other plays that you really like heading into the 2023 college football season that we haven't touched on, what do you want to make sure we are aware of? Yeah, there's one. It's not sexy, but um, UConn over four and a half or over five wins. I think the Huskies are undervalued coming in. I think, you know, I think they have nine winnable games on their schedule. So they win, they, they win five of those. You're in good shape. I expect this. UConn went to a bowl last year. I think they're going to be better this year and make a bowl again. So if you can get that at four and a half, I think that's a really good number. Didn't uh, UConn just add one of the Pocano brothers to the staff too? Yep. There you go. Hey, Thomas, this has been awesome. We look forward to it, and we'll uh, catch up with you as the season continues on. Great. Thanks a lot for having me. You're welcome. Once again, Thomas Casali, Action Network and co-host of the Hammer HQ.